Okay, I want to welcome y'all here this morning, and uh, I know that uh, we've got a number of people next door getting the food and everything ready for us, and so, but y'all be sure and stay, because there's so much food over there that uh, we'll just have a great time, and we'll have plenty to eat, and we'll just have a, have a good time within the Lord. And uh, the message I've got this morning, it's not long, because I know that... Uh, you know, with everything going on, it being close to Christmas and the different functions going on and everything. And what I wanted to kind of speak on this morning for a few minutes, and we're all guilty, every single one of us. I know Karen said Don really needed to hear this. So, uh, <laughs> but I've entitled this message, Small sins. You know, we think of sins as being huge, as being large. Sin is sin. But sometimes there's those small sins that we do, and we do it unconsciously, we don't think about it, and most of the time when we do it, it comes back and bites us. And, uh, so I just want to, to, to look at some of the things this morning, and uh, I, I, I know Beverly, she, we'll get Dale on this, okay? Uh, I think he's deer hunting this morning, so, but him and, I guess him and one of the boys, good, yeah, they got out for a little while and enjoyed each other's fellowship and time and father and son time, so... That's a good thing, too. And uh, Dale's always faithful. He's always here. And uh, But anyway, uh, I here a while back, <clears throat> I don't know, I picked up something and got to reading it. And uh, I read this story, and it was about a young man. And he, for a pet, he had a large scorpion. Now this thing here, I wrote, it, it said it was called a great black emperor scorpion. So the sound of it sounded like it was pretty large. It sounded like it was pretty big. And somehow, this, this man, he said he had had this uh, scorpion for a while, but he got in this habit of every night he would, let, he would give that scorpion a kiss goodnight. <laughs> and, uh, but at one night... Something happened. As he gave that scorpion a kiss, that scorpion bit him on the lip. Now, this is a true story. And uh, this scorpion, he named him Twiggy. And but this Twiggy bit him on the lip or stung him. And he, was, he had to go to the hospital. And he was put in there, and he was put in there in serious condition. Simply because of the poison that that scorpion had in his sting or in his bite. And uh, I don't know, uh, I, I, I just wonder why would somebody do this? What would make somebody do something like this? And then I got to thinking, as I was reading this, he just hit me and said, why do we sometimes do what we do? Stupidity, mostly. But anyway, uh, this young man, uh, evidently, 
he did he kind of I guess what he did is he underestimated what this scorpion could do. And sometimes I think we underestimate what sin can do in our life. You know, sometimes I said I, I call this small sins. Sometimes we do things before we think. Really it seems like, well, it really don't amount to anything. I mean, it, 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 it's so trivial. But yet, it's sin. And when God looks at it, God sees sin. He sees sin in our life. And, uh, you know, I guess, I guess really we could kind of be like this young man when it comes to underestimating the sin in our lives. Sometimes we've got to step back and look at our lives and what is going on. You know, most people fall into sin by fooling around with something they think that is a small sin that won't amount to nothing. And uh, But these so-called small sins can grow quickly into large sins, or they can snowball before you realize how big they can become. And uh, we might think, oh, it's nothing. It's just a small sin. It, it, it won't amount to anything. So we do something that seems like a small sin in our mind, something that doesn't seem significant or what... Uh, that we just think, well, it won't amount to anything. And then we're totally surprised, like I said, when it turns around and bites us. When it hurts us or someone we love. And I'm going to tell you right now, sin will always hurt you. It will always hurt you. It may not hurt you right away, and it may uh, be down the road a little bit, but if we don't get rid of it, it will come back and bite you. We look at a man in the Bible that he talks about. We can look at David. David did a sin. Now, it wasn't a small sin, but what David did, he thought he could get by with it. How many of us have ever done something that we thought we could get by with? David was a king. Who was going to question David? He was a king. He had all power. But he made a mistake. And that was with Bathsheba. God saw this now. This wasn't no small sin. It was a very serious sin. And David, when he sinned... David not only sinned in adultery, but he also sinned in murder. He also had Bathsheba's husband killed, thinking that nobody would find out that Bathsheba was carrying David's child. They would think it belonged to Uriah. But he was dead, and then David married Bathsheba. And David never confessed his sin. He never said anything. He had a while to do it. And finally, whenever uh, David wouldn't confess his sin, God sent his prophet Nathan to see David, to talk to David. See, God loved David, just like he loves us. 
And he didn't want David to have to go through all the consequences that David was going to go through if he didn't confess this sin and get rid of it and get God's forgiveness. So Nathan went to David, approached him, told him about this man. It was just a poor guy. Only had one little lamb that he had raised from just the time it was born. And then he had this neighbor, very rich, just sheep and lambs everywhere. Well, this rich neighbor had somebody to come and visit with him. Instead of taking one of his many, many lambs and sheep and, and having it slaughtered to feed his, his company, he went to this poor man. Had the one little lamb. And he took that little lamb, slaughtered it, and that's what he served his company to eat. That's what, that's, that's what Nathan told David about this. David got so angry. He said, that man deserves to die. David, Nathan looked at David, pointed his finger at him, said, David, you are that man. And then David realized he was talking about Uriah. Bathsheba was that one little lamb that this one guy had. And David took it. Oh, David finally repented. But David went through a lot of struggles. He went through a lot of things. He, D David was so worried. I mean, he, when he finally, Nathan finally approached him and, and, and told him these things, then David repented. And this is something we all have to do. When we mess up, we need to repent. When David messed up, he knew he needed to repent. But one thing about David, when he messed up, he never tried to blame it on anybody else. Oh, he didn't, you know, sometimes we get this, well, he made me do it. Oh, I didn't want to do it, but they made me do it. Nobody makes you do anything that you don't want to do. David went before God, and David said, Lord, forgive me, for I have sinned against you. David finally got rid of that sin. But the only way David got rid of it, and he, 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 told, he tell, talks about this over in Psalms 32. He says, when I confess my sin, and I admitted it, and I asked God to forgive me. He said, when I approached God, he said, I help back nothing. I told God everything. I got rid of everything. Sometimes we want to confess something, but we, we want to hold something back, and we won't, don't want to tell God everything. But you know, God already knows everything. God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. He knows everything before you do it even. But when David finally confessed that sin, and he said, I held back nothing, I told God everything. He said, I fell on my face before God, confessing everything that I had done. And praise God, my God forgave me. You know, God is a forgiving God. We mess up. God 
can forgive you. You know, God loved David so much, he even said what, that David was a man after his own heart. He loved David. <clears throat> and I've told you this before, but I, this is how I really feel. I feel this story about David is really a great story for all of us. God loved David so much, but yet God loves you so much that he'll forgive you. If you'll come to him, be honest with him. And tell him, Lord, I really messed up. And God knew we was going to mess up. He gave us scriptures. He told us what to do when we mess up. Whether they're little sins, whether they're big sins, whatever they are in our life and where we make a mistake, God says, you come to me. You confess that sin. You get rid of that sin. The longer you carry that sin around, the worse it becomes on you. God, David felt at times, he said he felt like the bones in his body were just wasting away. David at times got plumb sick because of the sin, and, him, and it was in his mind. You know, you can dwell on something so much, it'll make you sick. That's what was going on with David. David kept dwelling on it and dwelling on it until he finally confessed it. Sin locked to done David in. And what David really worried David, David said, Lord, I'm going to confess this sin before you, but please, whatever you do, do not, please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. David was afraid that he was losing the presence of God in his life because of unconfessed sin. You know, we can se separate ourselves from God through sin. It's, now, what does the Bible say? The Bible says, For God cannot look upon sin. When His Son, Jesus Christ, died on that cross, God had to turn His face away from His own Son because He, at that point, He had taken the sins of the whole world and poured them out on His Son. He had the sins of all the world on him. And God had to turn his face from his own son because he could not look upon that sin. That had never happened before, and it will never, ever happen again. Jesus Christ died once and for all for every one of us. He will not do it again. He will not have to do it again. The blood Jesus Christ shed that day on that cross it's just as powerful today as it was the day that first drop of blood hit the ground. It does not lose its power. I love that song. For the blood does not lose its power. So when we come, we make mistakes in our life, God says, you know, when I created you, I knew you were going to have problems. He said, I knew that the devil, when he come down to this earth, when I kicked him out of heaven, you were going to have a whole lot of problems. Over in Revelations, it tells us when God kicked, kicked Satan out of heaven, he come down and God said, Whoa! To the earth and to the sea, for Satan has come down to you, and he is very, very mad. He said, he's full of wrath. He's going to pour it out on you because he knows he has but a short time and to, and to do what he needs to do. 
Satan's working overtime right now. Probably a lot of y'all are going through things right now. You say, why am I going through this? Simply because you love God and Satan don't like it. And he's coming against you. You know, these small sins that I've talked about, Jesus told us that's one reason that Satan's soul comes against us. He hates you. He hates your family. He hates your children so much because you're a creation of Almighty God. In John chapter 10, verse 10, now Jesus told us this was going to happen. That Satan was going to be angry. He said, for he comes, Satan, he comes but to steal to kill and to destroy God's creation, us, because of our relationship with God and God's love for us. See, God, excuse me, Satan is trying to get at God through us because he can't get to God any other way than through what God loves so much. God told us. He warned us ahead of time. When this enemy comes... He is only coming to you to steal, kill, and to destroy you. He said, but you know, I, on the other hand, have come. If you'll come to me, Jesus said, for I have come that you may, that, that you may have great things. Or, you know, I, I come. I come that you may have life life and have it more abundantly to have a great good blessing life so that's why I come now you take your choice you want what the devil's got or do you want what God's got that's your choice God come to bless us, to give us eternal life. Satan come to destroy us, kill us, and take our life. And all this is because of sin. That's how Satan gets to us. Satan gets to us. And... Uh, When God tells, gives us his word, we should obey what God has told us in the Bible because he's telling us these things for our own good. You pick up the Bible and you read it and God tells you the good things that you should be doing. If God tells us not to do something, it means it can harm us or hurt us and we better not do it. And yet, if he tells us to do a certain thing, it means it's good for us and it'll help us. We need to get into that word. We need to read that word and follow that word. We need to listen and trust what God tells us. We need to listen to what God tells us. God will never tell us to do anything that will harm or hurt us. He'll never, he'll never tell you something that's going to harm to do something that will harm or hurt you. We have to remember, God loves us. We are his children, 
and he only wants the very best for us. He doesn't want us to go through the things that the devil wants to put us through. You know, and sometimes we want to change God's word to suit us. You don't fool with God's word. God has given us his word. He expects us to honor his word and go by his word. You know, God is so strict about what he has said. I want to read you a scripture here. It's in Revelations chapter 22, verses 18 through 19. This is how God feels about his word. We're not to change it. We're not to add to it. Here in verse 18, this, is, this would be God speaking to us. It says, For I testify unto every man that hears the words or the prophecy of this book. If any man adds to these things that I have said, then God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. You start trying to change God, you start adding to God's word, God says he will add to you the plagues that are in the word. Have y'all ever looked at the, at the book of, of uh, Exodus over there? Before the children were getting ready to, to leave Egypt, God come against the Pharaoh, and he brought plagues so that Pharaoh would change his mind and let God's people go. God pronounced ten plagues upon Egypt. Ten plagues. And each one of those plagues that God pronounced upon Israel had something to do with Israel's God. Each one of them was God. Remember, the flies that he'd send when the river turned to blood. Egypt worshipped flies. Frogs. Egypt worshipped frogs. Every plague that God sent represented one of Egypt's gods. And God was showing them, I've got more power than any of your gods have. And you better listen. Finally, Egypt let them go. But then he wanted to change his mind, Pharaoh did, and come after him. That's when God destroyed Pharaoh and all of his soldiers. Remember, he opened the Red Sea. He let Israel cross it. Whenever the, whenever the Pharaoh's army started to cross, he closed that Red Sea back up on them. You say, well, you know, sometimes that's hard to believe. Believe what you want to. That's what God's Word says. I was reading an article here not long ago. It talked about there where the, where the Israelites crossed the Red Sea. They've had people find under the water chariot wheels, shields, different things that those soldiers carried. They found that underneath the Red Sea where the sea closed back on them. I don't know. I don't have a problem believing anything that God's Word says. Remember, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. He can do whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it. And the only thing you know God has to do, really, is just speak the word 
How was the world created? It said, and God spoke, and so be it happened. Oh, God's got all power. And he wants to use that power to bless his children. To bless his children. And I'm going to read you this last verse, excuse me, in Revelation 22, 19. It says, and if any man shall take away or not believe or take away from God's word, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and of the holy city and from the things or the blessings which are written in this book. God says, don't fool with my word and what I have told you. Believe it, do it, and be blessed. God's very serious about his word, and it's not to be changed to suit us. A lot of times men want to change it to suit them. God knows what we need, and he has given us his word to fill those needs. Jesus tells us in John 5, excuse me, in, in John 15, 14, you are my friends. I love you. You're my friends. But then he says something. It's a real small little word. Real small. Don't sound very serious, but it is. He says, You are my friends if, if you do whatsoever I tell you. If. Otherwise, if we don't do what he tells us, does that mean we're not his friends? If we love him, we believe in him, we serve him, then we want to do what he tells us to do. He said, if you'll do what I tell you to, you're my friends, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to watch over you. You know, did you notice God didn't say, you're my friends if you do whatever you want to and disregard my word. He said, if you believe my word and do what my word tells you to do. God said, don't be changing my word around. Don't be changing it around. For my word stands as it is written. There is no change in it. So God's telling us to obey him in all things, big or small, because the small compromises we make in our life can lead to huge compromises later down the road. We make these little compromises. We do these little sins. And then... What this is saying, then later on, these little sins are going to grow and they're going to turn into big sins. He says, get rid of sin in your life. Get rid of sin. So, we just have to believe and trust what God has said so we don't have to find out the hard way that he was right. It's time to believe what God's Word says. Don't be doubting His Word. Don't be changing His Word. If God said, this is going to happen, if He says it's going to rain, 
bring the umbrella. If he says the sun's going to shine, bring your sunshades. There's a story, and I love it. It said that they was going to pray. There was a drought, and they was going to pray, and they was going to pray for God to send rain. They said there was one small boy that brought an umbrella. He believed that God was going to send rain, and he was going to be ready. The only one child that's going to pray for rain, and he's the only one that brought an umbrella. I think if we say we're going to pray for rain, we all ought to bring an umbrella. Say, Lord, I believe it. I believe it. Your word has said it, and so be it. I'm going to ask the band if they would to come up a minute, and we're going to close out right now. And we're going to go next door and eat. But we just have to remember the small sins and things in our life, if we don't take care of them while they're little, They'll grow and grow and grow. Take care of them while they're little. Confess them while they're small. In 1 John 1, 9, God tells us, if you will confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It's be like you never sinned. God's cleansed you. The sin is gone. And one thing I like about what God said, he says, if I forgive you sin, I'll never bring it up, and I'll never remember it again. God's not going to bring up past sins if you've confessed them to him. They're gone. The devil's going to try to remind you of them, but you tell devil, devil, I don't have those sins anymore. That's my past life. That life is gone. Now my life is in God. And, God, and there ain't nothing the devil can say. Because he knows you're right. Because he knows what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus Christ, when he died on that cross that day, he defeated Satan Amen. for everything. Satan knows he's whipped. He knows he's a loser. He knows God's for you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. I'm going to be down front. If you just need to have a prayer or you just want to pray about something, we have an altar up here. If there's some things that's on your heart, you say, I need to tell God about this. I want to get rid of them. I never want to hear from them again. I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of them right now today. This would be a good time. If you just want to have a prayer, if you just... I'm going through something right now. Could you pray for me? I'm going to be down front, and I'll be glad to pray with you and agree with you for what you want to pray for. So I'll ask the band to pray, and then after, after service, we'll pray, and I'll pray over the food. We'll go next door, and we'll have a joyous time in the Lord Jesus Christ.